Hello and welcome to the True North Podcast with me, Jamie Hustis, as your host. In this podcast, I am bringing to you the circle of people I have had the honor of learning from and who have inspired me greatly throughout my diverse sports medicine career. You'll hear conversations and insights from professionals in the health and fitness space, athletes of all varieties, and like-minded individuals with the intention of educating how to optimize athletic performance, combat injury, and improve lifestyle mindset. Thank you for joining in. Motivated is actually a feeling. That's different than motivation of purpose, which is having a strong why or a strong purpose behind that will drive the action for sure. When we talk about something like motivation, what comes up often is the most common problem we have is someone saying, I'm just not motivated, or you will hear them label someone else by their actions, they're so motivated. And my first opinion on motivation is it's super overrated. Okay, welcome to the True North Podcast. Today I have with me Brian Elliott. Brian is a certified life and business coach. She has her own coaching business called Brian Elliott Coaching. You can find her on Instagram with the same tag, uh, where she works with entrepreneurs and life coaches to create successful businesses they love. With the focus on mindset tools and techniques, she helps them reach their goals, increase revenue, and implement personal and professional practices for elevated success. She also does contract work for other online companies where she works as a cash flow coach, helping online businesses or businesses and owners take charge of their money and understand their finances with real clarity. She believes that we change our lives by first changing our minds. I'm really excited today to have our first mindset podcast. This is something I want to do um, on a regular basis. So with that, Brynn, welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yes, I'm really excited to have you. Um, one thing that we're going to talk about today or the main topic that we're going to have today is motivation. Yes. Um, this is, we know each other through CrossFit. Yes. <laughs> That's how we met. That's how we met. You came into the gym. I was your coach. Yes. Not a life coach, but I was your CrossFit coach. <laughs> which is a version of life coaching. Which is a version. <laughs> I came to find out that I'm part psychologist, too, with, with that, yeah. uh, my stint in coaching. But um, you and I hit it off right away. I felt like we were like instant friends, Had a, we're similar in age, we're similar in kind of passions in life. And so you became a CrossFit coach yourself. I did. Your whole family was at the gym. And by whole family, I mean... <laughs> all six of the girls' all kids. All six of the the kids. That's right. <laughs> no, you've just been a joy to be around since day one. Um, when you started this life coaching uh, business, I was like, yes, this is exactly <laughs> what she needs to be doing. So can you, can you explain to us, like, I think there's confusion, maybe that's not the right word, but maybe what life coaching is. Yeah. I think one of the biggest questions I often get asked is, well, what's the difference between life coaching and therapy? That comes up a lot. So therapists are going to deal with um, unhealthy mental illnesses or unhealthy behaviors. They're going to go into your past and look at trauma and things like that. 
Um, I don't do that kind of work. In fact, if someone comes to me, I will not do that kind of work with them. Um, we're really clear on that boundary. Life coaching is more in positive psychology is where it exists. It exists in taking mostly healthy human beings. I would like to say most of us are somewhat healthy and working towards creating better results in their life. So you're at a, a stage of functioning that you can problem solve and look forward, but it's, it's very forward focused and very individually focused on ourselves, if that makes sense. Yeah, I like it. I like yeah. It. Now, I, I've heard some people say, well, I'm a life coach. I should be a life coach. But I think one thing that distinguishes you from um, many other people that I've heard are life coaches is you've went through a certification process as well, correct? Yes. So life coaching is tricky because it is an unregulated industry. So although that can make it mean that you can't always know the training you're coaching is like, you could have a life coach who's like, I did a three hour course online, right? Um, the school that I went to, which was the life coach school is probably the most in-depth school there was. I really researched it because I wanted to have as much training as possible. Um, the beauty of being unregulated though is there is more freedom to reach some people. You don't have an organization over your head dictating how all of this has to look. So it gives you opportunity and options to work with people in, I think, a more unique setting without being over, overly regulated. Hmm, kind of yeah. sounds like me breaking off from <clears throat> clinics in mainstream medicine. But. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. <laughs> like you said, we have very similar yeah, mindsets. No, I like it. You know, I, I mean, I'm, I don't, I'm not the type of person that thinks like all oh, regulation is evil or bad, but I do think... Uh, especially in the when you're when it comes to helping people, people just need to be helped in different ways. So yes. if you have some book that you have to throw at them in order for boxes, you know, check boxes A, B, and C, so that I can have insurance cover something. For instance, in my world, yes. like it's it's virtually pigeon pigeonholing you into a certain um, protocol, if yes. you will. And I just believe that everybody's. Has, and individual. has individuals. Yeah. That is something else I have seen um, less now just because of the type I work, of work I do now. Earlier in my coaching uh, career, though, I did have clients who just did not like therapy. Mm -hmm. So even though they maybe had need there, they just, for whatever reason, weren't comfortable in that world or had been in there for a long period of time and felt like they were stagnant. And so I like the idea that there is another option. But I, I for me, I took that training really seriously and still like work on my development and understanding because ultimately like the growth of my clients is very important, you know, yeah. and I want to be able to support them in that. Um, off topic question real fast. Yeah. You are, I, uh, you're a Canuck, you're a Canadian. I am a Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's the term? What do you call yourself? Can Canadian. What do you mean? Like a Canuck? No, with the, uh, American was, Oh, I call myself a Camerican. 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 <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. like that. Our family's half and half. I mean, we have our, you know, we all are here. We have our green cards now, but four of the children were born in America, so we call ourselves Camericans. Camericans. Right? I love that. Yeah. I think that's pretty fun. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's just a little fun fact about you that, um, anyway. All right, so on motivation, you have talked in our conversations, um, there's about three things that you want to highlight today. Yeah, for sure. The first thing I think we should highlight and talk about is like, what is motivation? Which, you know, that question comes up. People, people use motivation. There's kind of two different ways to describe it, but you will hear people say two things like, I'm just not motivated or mm -hmm. I'm very motivated versus motivation of purpose. So I, I'm going to use those differently because the motivated is actually a feeling. Okay. That's different than 
motivation of purpose, which is having a strong why or strong purpose behind that will drive the action for sure. When we talk about something like motivation, what comes up often is the most common problem we have is someone saying, I'm just not motivated, or you will hear them label someone else by their actions, they're so motivated. And my first opinion on motivation is it's super overrated. Yeah. We, we wait for motivation, we rely on motivation to do anything. And the reason is because it feels good. And although motivation feels good, we can't rely on it all the time. It's not always there. I mean, you have experienced, I'm sure in your long career of athletics, like times where you just didn't feel motivated. Yeah, many. Yeah. And what, like... You don't want to go to the gym or you don't yes. want to do this piece of workout or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like, really, your brain's like, I don't want to do that thing, is basically what it tells you when you're not motivated. And often, as a CrossFit coach, we would hear people a lot be like, I just didn't want to come in today. I just don't want to do that exercise. I just don't like that thing. You know, you it almost ends up being a version of complaining. But when we wait, I think motivation is overrated. I think things like commitment mm-hmm. will get us further. Discipline. Yeah, discipline. But those words don't... When I say to you, are you committed? It doesn't feel good, actually. We think commitment means pain. Yeah. That's, our brain instantly goes to pain. When we talk about motivation, we are like, that's fun. Yeah, it's true. Right? And so the reality of humans is we are motivated by pleasure. And we're highly motivated to avoid pain. And so these things come into conflict. But what happens is we rely, when we rely on our feeling to decide whether we go to the gym, whether we sit down and work on our business, whether we, you know, parent differently, whatever it is, when we wait for motivation to decide, we spend a lot of time waiting and being helpless to something that actually is created internally. Yeah. So, yeah. I knew this was going to be a good podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I I love it. You know, I I feel like those are great words to put together. I, I feel like there's been a lot of times where I've had people come to me in those same regards. It's like, well, I haven't been, you know, it's just the motivation's not there or I need to do this. Or like you're saying, you wait a long time. And I've, I have this horrible thing that I've said to people, but it's like motivation is crap. It's not, it doesn't mean anything. At the end of the day, I find it kind of meaningless. I, and I found, I guess I found that in my own life in a lot of ways too. It's like if I waited to be motivated to wash the dishes, they're not getting done. There's going to be a lot of dishes. Yes. So, and that's, this is a good point about motivation is the reason that purpose is so important is because, yeah, you're probably not motivated by the feeling to wash the dishes, but the purpose of you enjoy a clean home, Mm -hmm. you enjoy a clean kitchen to come home to, you enjoy visiting with your family there perhaps, right? You enjoy not having flies eating food off the counters. That purpose of I enjoy the experience of this clean kitchen, that will drive you. Yeah. That will become a driving force for you. And it might even be a motivator, but you can see how then we create motivation by understanding our purpose. So if you think motivation comes from outside you, you're at the mercy of whatever you are thinking or feeling. And if you think it comes from what without, from without you, you will never go inside to figure out, am I motivated and why? The reality is like dreaming is more comfortable than doing. Mm-hmm. There is no way around that. Not because it's always going to be pain, 
but the only way to experience motivation is to have its opposite. You and I were talking today, um, even about the body, right? Everything has its opposite. We have inflection and we have all, right? Everything has an opposite, even in the body and how it moves. The same is in our brain and in our bodies. Like to experience motivation, we have to experience the opposite, which might be, we may say, well, a lack of motivation, but it actually just be, might be like, I feel down. I feel depressed. i you know, we always say unmotivated. We will never understand what motivation feels like if we don't have its opposite. Yeah. And so we have to experience it. It's just, do we let it be an excuse? Do we let it run our lives? What do you want to do with it? Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So you, you talked about um, <clears throat> earlier with finding the purpose in motivation. So you've spoken about really how important it is to find your why. Um, Honestly, that feels like a really cliche term yes. these days. I mean, you just hear it thrown around yes. so often. It's like, oh, find your why. But what, what does that mean to find your why? Yeah, I think the, the, if you think about a why, what you're really focusing on is you're finding a compelling reason to do this thing. Now, um, most of us are about three steps off of our real why, right? Like if I say to someone, well, why do you want to get in the gym? And they're like, well, I, I just want to get stronger. Okay, well, why do you want to get stronger? Like, I want you to really think, why does it matter to you to get stronger? And one person might say, well, because I just really like being ahead of so-and-so on the leaderboard at the gym. That might, they just like the feeling, right? So that might be one person's compelling reason. Another person, they might want it because they just don't feel good in their life. And feeling stronger is validating them as a a human in some way, making them feel better about their pain outside the gym. Um, someone else just might want to do it because they're like, it, it would be so fun to blow my own brain. It would be so fun to see what I could really do. But each person might have a different why. So I'll give you an example. I was working with one of my clients in her business recently, and we were talking about her why. She is at a stage in her business where it's to go to the next stage she wants to go in growth, which will be doubling her clients she's gonna to have to really up-level how she thinks and approaches her business. So we were talking about her why and like got into like, why do you want these clients? And she said, well, honestly, I just wanna make a lot of money as a life coach. And I said, but why? She's like, well, I, I just want to make a lot of money. I want money, I want access to it. And I said, well, why do you want access to it? And she, she said, well, ultimately, I want to be able to travel wherever I want in the world and I don't wanna to have to ask anyone's permission to do that. I want to know that I am self-sufficient enough that if that is a desire of my heart, I can fulfill that for myself. That's her why. Her why is freedom. Yeah. But if you initially looked at it, she thinks her why is money. When she focuses on the fact that freedom is actually what she's after, the, the pain, and I don't mean terrible pain, but I mean the discomfort, the showing up when you don't want to, the sitting down and doing the tasks that feel mundane and boring sometimes, right? the focus on freedom will make those things valuable. It will make going through those painful, difficult, uncomfortable moments valuable. And ultimately, will bring her freedom. Yeah, it's a, it's a step, it's a step to, um, what am I trying to say? It's like a, just a stepping ladder, I believe, like when you have the end goal in mind, even if it is something I mean, I love that example because that's a very tangible thing. Like, right, I want to travel. I want to do this stuff. Uh, the deeper root is, is, is freedom. Yes. But, but we're looking for freedom and travel, right? So anytime you get travel, 
you feel closer to the freedom. Yes. Too. So it's like almost a little a little step ladder. A little nugget yeah, along the, the way. Yeah. 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 A little and, breadcrumb. And I think that's very good to point out. The, the reality of your brain is if you hold off dopamine for too long, if you will not reward yourself before the end, motivation is limited. We it is a limited supply in your body and in your brain. It is. You will use up your motivation and without taste of dopamine to keep you coming back for more because we are highly motivated. Like you want to talk about the number one motivator, dopamine is what your brain's after, yeah, right? There was a segue, a little plug for the Huberman podcast. I don't know if you've no. listened to those, but he just put one out. He's this amazing scientist, uh, um, a brain scientist, and I love his podcast, but he just did a big one on dopamine. So yeah. shout out I shout out for that if anybody wants to do a Listen little more deep dive yeah. on dopamine. He's got a good one out there. I'll put it in the show notes which episode it is, but it's a good one. The other thing is your motivate, your why will change. Like we are evolving humans. So the person we are today and what matters to us today, what motivates us, you to get to the gym today or to go to work today or to show up a certain way in your life today might not be, it might not work after a while. And it's just to understand, like if your why is not working, it's not our first thought I think is why am I not motivated? Something's wrong. Yeah. What's, what's less motivating than something's wrong. Like instantly our brain's like, I, I've got to fix this. Yeah. There's a problem here instead of being like, yeah, I totally am a human and we don't always feel motivated. So what's my plan today? But it evolves. Like sometimes what starts out as, for instance, my CrossFit experience when we first met, I was a year off having my sixth child and I was, I had postpartum depression and I was looking and had been looking heavily for some sort of solution to this. I had struggled with injury running. And so I knew running wasn't really an option. I didn't know what to do. I fell upon CrossFit and felt kind of led and guide there, guided there. My why at the time was just honestly to feel better. Like that's all I cared about. I was like, can I feel better? And the beauty for me is, which doesn't land for everyone, but for me, CrossFit, oh, I felt better. It was so fast, even though the pain was so high. Like the pain was nothing compared to how much better I felt when I was doing CrossFit. So that was a, a high motivator. But after a number of years, when I start to feel good, now what's keeping me in CrossFit. So the why has to change. So it became more about personal growth and development of who I want to become in the process of being there, which is I want to be someone who's committed. I want to be someone who learns how to grow. I want to be someone who presents challenges to herself and surrounds herself with like-minded people who are on a personal journey, which is why I think you and I always, you know, partnered up really well and got, had got along so well is because we've always both had like a future vision and a purpose behind so much of what we were working towards. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. Did we cover point three? Um, let me see what was point three. Let's actually talk for a moment about the motivational triad. Ooh. Yeah, the motivational triad. This is one of my favorite things that I like to think about when I'm, what, when I'm really struggling. I'll often sit down and write. I draw a triangle in front of me. And each triangle point, I, at each point, I write something different. So there's three things in a motivational triad. The motivational triad is basically at your basic human survival state. Like if we're talking caveman brains, so to speak. For humans to survive, there are three things that motivate them for survival. One is avoiding pain. One is seeking pleasure. And the other one is conserving energy. So when I'm really in a pain point, I'm struggling with motivation, I'm trying to figure out what's going on. I can sit down and draw a triangle and write each of those things at each tip of the triangle. And I'll often just say to myself, what is it that I'm 
what is motivating me right now. Am I motivated by avoiding pain? Am I motivated by seeking pleasure or conserving energy? Often all three are happening at the same time, depending on what's going on. Um, and so the reason that this is so nice to know about us is because we think something's gone wrong often in our lives instead of going like, oh, thank you, human brain for keeping me alive. Yes, now I don't have to worry. I mean, if you looked at these in a caveman way, it's like cavemen couldn't spend their day just running around after food that was going to waste all their energy. They were like, we got to go out strong and hard, get our food and then conserve the energy because when we're hungry again, we have to be able to go out and have energy to get food. They learned things very quickly like um, warmth by a fire that was pleasurable. So they're like, oh, fire is a good thing, right? <laughs> you start to learn. They're like, oh, I went out there. That snake bit me. I'm going to avoid it. That's avoiding pain, right? So on a caveman level, you can see how this keeps them alive. The, the truth is human beings really haven't been long, alive that long as a species. And so we really can look and say, we still have that built into us. But in a first world that we live, in the first world problems that we experience, you know, as people who have their basic needs met, our problem is things like we're going to avoid the pain of like missing a lift at the gym. We don't want to go into the gym and have a bad day. That's painful. We're going to avoid that. We seek the pleasure of, I really want, like you get a PR, talk about a dopamine hit. So it's like, I got to go back for that PR. That PR becomes your focus just because you're so pleasure focused that you're maybe not focused on good motivation anymore. And then conserving energy. I can't think of anything, you know, more counterproductive as an athlete as an athlete that comes to like athletes, this is where they lack, right? We talk about rest and recovery. <laughs> yeah. Like we're the worst for this because we've, we've decided conserving energy is a, a terrible idea. Kind of built a business on it. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah. But the reality is if we are trying to over conserve energy, which can come from anything, even thinking through the problem, like why am I not motivated? That requires energy from your brain. That requires calories from your brain to sit yeah. down and figure this out. Most people don't want to. What they want to do, guess what requires hardly any calories, is just complaining about it and moving on and being frustrated and not doing anything about it. So when you find yourself in a position, when you recognize these three things are, are always motivating, I'm, you are always in the motivational triad, but the lower brain, which is the part that quickly makes decisions and sorts and files and keeps you in survival mode, um, that part of your brain will always work there. When you can go into your higher brain, which is a planning brain, we can plan for future events. We can set goals from there. We can figure out our whys in your higher brain, which we use about 20% of the time. That's when you can actually almost step out of the motion, the motivational triad. That's where you can step out and be like, this actually can be used to my advantage. When I figure out like, what is a pain I do want to avoid? And it might be for some people, they want to avoid, like I have clients who are like, I really want to avoid my business falling apart. So I'm going to do what it takes. Sometimes hiring a life coach for people is a, an emotional challenge. Like they feel like, why do I need a life coach, right? Or why do I need a business coach? But they, they're in so much pain, they want to avoid that at all costs. They want to avoid losing their business, letting down their employees. And so then they're willing to do the work of working like with someone like me to overcome the potential pain that could come there. So that's worth it to them. It's like, okay, I'll go through this discomfort of working through what's going on in my head and how I run my business and the procedures I'm doing and getting more you know, committed to my calendar and how I approach my work schedule. That takes effort. That is not conserving energy, but it's worth experiencing that for, to avoid the ultimate pain that they don't want to have. Yeah. And people are willing to do, go through a lot of pain before they make changes. Yeah. Tell me, I'll, I'll ask you a question, Jamie. Here's the question I have for you. Have you ever felt like fear was your motivator? Absolutely. Tell me about what it was like to show up wherever that was. Like, let's talk about in your business or the gym or anywhere where you felt like 
in, I mean, this happens in relationships, all sorts of things, where you start to realize the motivator is fear. What, how did you show up? What was that experience like? Yeah, I um, feel a fear of failure, I think, is, can be powerful or stifling yes. you know, <laughs> yes. in a lot of ways. Yeah. So I think I, w- I would say transparent moment is I-, I think I'm very afraid of failure in a lot of ways. I don't want to be um, complacent in any aspect of my life. So if there's something that's off rails a little bit, whether it's personally, business, athletically, whatever, um, that scares the crap out of me enough to want to really do something about it. And so if there's, I don't know, there's, that's a good question, Brianne. (laughs) (laughs) I stumped her. So while you're thinking about it, I'll say to you, I think you're exactly correct for there are in, in the same person, you can have this experience, this moment, or let's say take two individuals. For some people, the fear of failure is very motivating. It drives them for other people. It's stifling and it starts to cripple them. But the reality is, Fear as a motivator, if you, fear in our body, in how we experience it, instantly, even on a very small level of your day-to-day, is keeping your brain and therefore your body in fight, flight, or freeze mode. Um, it, is, it is lying behind you at all times. I believe that. I had... Um, <clears throat> it, it dawned on me one day that... I was driving in the car and like looking for exit plans. <laughs> and that sounds really ridiculous to say, but it's like, okay, if this car is going to come at me and is about to T-bone me, how am I going to escape? Yeah. Okay. If this happens, if that person decides to cut me off, how am I going to react? Like, yeah. here I am playing this in my brain and I'm like, why am I, why am I doing this? And it just hit me one day. It's like, oh my gosh, I pretty much see everything as a threat. <laughs> yeah. Like Why? Yes. Why do I, and you know, I think there's life experiences that you have that sort of mold you into that person. You know, obviously we have all those, you know, life experiences that kind of lead lead us to this little peak of the mountain that we're on right now. Um, but yeah, I really was, was thinking about that and I'm like, that probably is very off putting to a lot of people because there are certain people that you meet that you just maybe don't put a lot of time into because you maybe either perceive them as a threat as a threat or you just subconsciously want to protect yourself from whatever it is that you are seeing as a threat yes but it wasn't really until that day that it kind of a light bulb moment for me that was like okay I gotta it's it it's that subconscious becomes conscious yes and you kind of start to deal with that right and I believe you know talking to someone about you you know talking to someone like you about that particular issue helps you just bring it full circle. Yeah. All right, let's, let's dissect it a little bit right. and see where we can go from there. Right. And it's always like some people will say fear of failure. When you go down the path, and this takes people down motivational paths, like it, I'll go with clients sometimes. I'm like, okay, well, let's just talk. Let's go through the fear of failure. So I won't make you do it this a second. We won't put Jamie on the spot that hard, Ooh. but we'll walk down the whole I'm thing. Ready. They literally, <laughs> so it's like, okay, like what will, so let's say like, what would be a failure for you? Like, let's say, is it, would it be like the business? Would it be something physical? If you think about something where you're like, that would feel like a failure, what would it yeah, be? Yeah, we'll keep, we'll keep it business. Okay. I think, I think with, uh, you know, I think in every aspect of my life, there's some, something that I don't want to fail, quote unquote. Yeah. But yeah, in, we'll just use business as an example. You know, moving to Bozeman and moving my business where I had a very solid 
clamp. I mean, we're sitting here in the beautiful Matt Enos photography studio in Great, Great Falls, Falls, Montana. Yeah. Well, uh, to come back and see clients here that I built for years, yes. you know, the client base that I've been here. So when we moved to Bozeman, you know, it was very motivating because it's like, wow, I got to change a lot of things because I have to start over. Yeah. Like I have to go from having a client base to like, you know, 350 to 400 people to zero. Right. So it was really challenging for me mentally to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. Like to be like, okay, I'm 44, starting <laughs> over. In a new, you know, I mean, I'd lived in Bozeman before, but it's like it had been 10 years, you know, 13 years since we had lived there. Yeah. And so here we are back again. I don't know. It was just a process for sure. Um, if, if let's say it hadn't worked out, if you had failed, so to speak, this and failure is, this is the thing about yeah, like why let's say I had to close my doors. Yeah. You'd had to close your doors down there. Yeah. I guess that's the answer to your question. If I had to ultimately close my doors, I would, why would that absolutely have been, feel like I failed. And why would that have been a problem for you? Because your brain's telling you a story. This is a, my favorite part. Your brain is telling you a story, whether you've heard it very well or not, about what happens when it shuts down. I see where you're going yeah. here. Like, and also, <laughs> like, I have to tell you, I have some clients who are like, I end up homeless on the street. Yeah. That's, and then I have a few where their go-to is like, and then I die. Like, then- <laughs> they literally think death is at the end, yeah. right? And it's like, if, if you really get down to it, like, as I hear you tell the story, I'm like, the truth is, here's what will happen with fear, Elevated levels of fight, flight, freeze. Increase your cortisol levels. We all know that's, I mean, unhealthy for us, right? I mean, it's going to affect your health ultimately. Um, You're always in a protective state. It starts to become something that's in the background of your life. But when we are in fear, we often, because the problem-solving part of our brain kind of shrinks down at that moment, right? Because we're in more of a survival mode, even slightly. We, We stop seeing things for what they can truly be. But we also will do things that are detrimental to ourselves, even in small ways that are not taking into consideration our health, our happiness, what we're really motivated for, what we really want to accomplish. If, if my client who f- values freedom so much, that is just a large value for her and a big why, if she's actually always pushing and actually was before we had worked together for a few years, one of her biggest motivators was the fear she would never be free. Mm. And the problem is, it literally kept her in a cage all the time. So she was stuck there, right? Once she could let go of that and realize freedom is a possibility for me, and you work through the fear behind that. Um, Like in your case, I think about exactly what you just said, which is amazing, right? You have this idea that fear could happen. Like you're like, fear of failure is strong and hard for you. But you look at what you said, you're like, I came from Great Falls where I have amazing relationships. I've built this great clientele. And the thing that for me is so laughable is I'm like, you you literally took all of the skills that created this here and moved them to another city. And you had all those skills. Like, you know how to make valuable relationships. You know how to get yourself out there. You know how to create connection with humans, which nothing sells better. Nothing, right, creates more than creating connections. And so I, I, it's funny how the idea that failure is still there for you and you let it lurk, like, it, it just starts after time. It just is a little weight. It's yeah. kind of like just dropping five pounds off the bar and all of a sudden it just moves so smoothly you know and you get to a place too where it's like I know for me it's like well you just gotta do the work yeah you just gotta yeah nose you know eyes down yes head forward you just gotta do the work and and you will do the work but there can be freedom even small ways that you can free yourself up to it it is hard like fear is a big motivator but it is it is not a great result maker I would say that very clearly it's and I'll say that just again like fear is a, a motivator, but not, it does not create good results yeah. in our lives. 
it, it not the same ones we could have if we were willing to let go of it and open up yeah. to, to that. Yeah, so what would you, um, if you were clienting me right yes, now. Yes, if I was clienting Jane. <laughs> what would your advice to me be? Like, in, especially like in, in my situation in the business world, like, I feel like things are happening, you know, like I see a lot of positive things happening. I have, you know, great, <laughs> great reviews, great things going on. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And it's been, it's been, it's been fun. Yeah. It really has been. It's been a challenge to, to do this. And I still have, you know, it's not great falls. Isn't too far away. Yes. So it's, it's been kind of fun having a practice, you know, pseudo practice in one city and then a practice in another. So it's been yeah. neat. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's just always, a, I've, I feel like I have a very big growth mindset. I want to just continue the ball moving forward. Yeah. So, and, and I wouldn't say fear is my biggest motivator, although it's there. It's just there. Yeah. So what, what would you say, what would you say to me? About your fear, yeah. like about working on your yeah. fear level? Like ditch it? Like, you're like, what's yeah, your this advice? Is, here's what I, I'm so glad actually, cause this will kind of lead us there and then we'll come around to you too. Um, this is my favorite thing we really struggle with, and I'm sure you've all dealt with this at some point, this whole concept where someone's like, just think differently, right? And, and I am like... Just do better. Just yeah. <laughs> think different, be different, right? Yeah. And I am actually a thought work expert. That is my... That is what, how I make money. That's my career. That is how my clients make money. Like it's, This is how we change the world is through our thinking first. Every single thing you have or see around you, everything, every business opportunity, every relationship somehow was created in your mind before it even existed. And so, um, and we won't get into all that deep stuff, but right. Maybe one day, maybe one day part two. Yeah. It's, it's, (laughs) it's all there, but people would often say to me, like, for instance, like you have to love your body. Right. And I'd be like, what if I don't? Yeah. But I'd be like, Oh great. Like where's the button to press? Like, okay. So I I just love my body. And I would be like, I I love my body. But in the truth, I was like, I totally hate my body. Like I had a lot of, you know, body image issues at one point. And when I started this work, what I started to do was this is, it is a laddering thought process. So what I would say to you with fear is, is there something one step out of fear that feels true? Because your brain knows when you're lying to it. That's why me sitting in front of the mirror going, I love my body. I love my body. I'm supposed to love my body. Hating my body feels terrible. I should love my body. Didn't get me anywhere because my brain was like, liar in the background. It knows, right? What I had to do actually is do work on neutralizing everything. So it wasn't that we want to go from, I have fear to, there is no fear. It's, It's a version of like, I would look in the mirror and say to myself, I have a body. And I would just stand there and that felt true. I could acknowledge it. I could see it in the mirror, right? I'd be like, I have a body. Truth. Right? Truth. (laughs) But I stayed in that thought. This is where I say even thought works, not for the faint of heart. I stayed with that for months. Every day, that was the one thing. I would look in the mirror a couple times a day or if I noticed myself really beating up on my body and I would just stop and take a breath and be like, I have a body. It just, it kind of neutralized what was festering. So Were you trying to be grateful for that? No, or just, that's so yeah. that's too far. Okay. So that's the thing. We do this all the time. We try to go from, I hate this body to I'm grateful for, because it sounds so pretty. Mm-hmm. But in ultimate truth, what we're trying, for me, the best thing to do is to neutralize. So for you with fear, my recommendation would be, what is a thought that you can come to that you believe? Even let's say out of one to 10, you believe it like a five or a six, maybe even a four that is true enough that it kind of just, you can feel the fear just drop one level down. So it would be something like where you're just like, um, even if you were just like, tell yourself like, I am like, I am safe in this moment. 
like, because what you're doing is like the fear of failure or like is scary for you. We, even if we can bring your cortisol levels down. So I would say for you, it's, have you ever considered something that you have found as a thought that when you say it, it feels true and it's not trying to stretch you to the universe where we're grateful. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's the first step. Is, is this a too far thing? Because the first thing that comes to my mind when you say that is that I think what would get me through anything that I am fearful of in any regard is that I have a confidence in my ability to do whatever it takes to do the next thing. So yeah. let's say True North fails. Let's yeah. say, boom, for whatever reason, Bozeman says, we hate you. Yeah. Go away. <laughs> they won't, <laughs> unfortunately. And, you know, yeah. no more business comes through the door. Yeah. No more people. Let's say it's just complete. Or I have to shut my doors for whatever reason yeah. that is. I feel like I have, I know in the back of my brain that I'm going to be fine. Like you'll always yeah. figure it out. Like Jamie, let's be honest, out. Jamie Hustis will always <laughs> figure it out, right? But well, that is like, but that I is believe powerful, that about right? myself. Like I do believe that, yeah. I mean, maybe that sounds, maybe we need to edit that out. No, but. we don't need to edit. That is, we have to, this is the thing. You have to step into what you believe. So this is, I was telling Jamie this before we started. I, I was like, I think I should mention that I don't love mantras for this reason. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Because what happens is so often we hear a mantra that someone else has suggested and they're like, this totally got me to this elevated state of thinking and this has changed my life and I say this mantra th you know three minutes a day or in the mirror every day and um the reason it often doesn't work is because we take someone else's mantra sometimes you can borrow it and it will work but the truth is if your brain doesn't believe it if it's not seeped into your system if there's no background noise to that so to speak where it can actually have even a little bit of belief in this then you, it, it's like motivation. Can't be him. It, it, this yeah. will be a fix with no change. So what you will find is it's the fix is I will feel better for three or four weeks while I do this. And then I will go back to how I used to think because your brain won't hold. So it's fixed without change. In your case, here's what I really love. And this is what I love about like doing thought work with people. We so often try to find the opposite thought. Like that is the solution. Right. So in your case, it would have been like, do I tell myself I have no fear of failure? Like, no, it's so fascinating that you're like, I'm fear. I, I'm scared. I'm going to fail. And the thought that actually is almost like an antidote to that is I know I'll always figure it out. Right. It's not like the opposite, which is I'm safe all the time or yeah. I, I, you know, I never fail. We, we didn't try to stretch you. It's and that is fascinating, too. Right. And this is why thought work is so individualized. And we are in a world that gives out a lot of generic advice and a lot of generic ways of doing things. But this is one reason I would say to your audience why um, coaches in a gym um, have to get very careful about how they try to motivate their athletes. Mm -hmm. you, we have certain ways we like to be motivated. We like to force those on other people. Like, just think good. Just put your head down. Just go to work. You have to recognize, like, each athlete in there has different motivations, different pain points, things they're thinking about, struggling with. Different reasons why they're there. Different reasons why they're there. And the truth is, we often, even when I talk about your why being so important, it doesn't even have to be altruistic. We think the why has to be so purposeful. It just literally needs to be the thing that truly is compelling enough for you. Yeah, it doesn't have to be sexy. It doesn't. Yeah. Like, they're, like, do you know what I mean? Some people are just like, I like looking hot with my shirt off in the summer. It's that easy, right? <laughs> Me, that I, I'll have to, like, that's zero not, motivation. That's not my motivation. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, do you know what? I know how to keep my shirt on and I'll just eat the chips. It's fine. <laughs> so, but whereas someone else might be, you know, literally just like my mental health and my ability to good mother, like, rests on yes. this endorphin hit I get in the gym. That's a big one that I think both you and I in our coaching career, because, um, you know, we deal with a lot of 
a lot of that. Anyway, I won't segue into that, but yeah, I, I think that's a big one. People just want to be better for their family, better for their kids, better yes. for, and feel like they have the energy to give them at the end of the day when, quite honestly, mothers don't feel like they have energy. <laughs> they don't at the have end energy. Of the day. At the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know that better than I don't know how you got past two, but <laughs> I always say when I said like, I don't know if I said that already, uh, dreaming is more comfortable than doing right. Mm-hmm. I was saying to someone, I said to my husband, um, this is why all the people I knew who grew up wanting big families after about two or three kids were like, I'm out because <laughs> they were like the dream of a large family the dream is, is dead. Is dead. <laughs> the doing of a large family is a nightmare. Right. <laughs> So yeah, I like a lot I, of dishes. there is, and it's like the pain point of that. But, but that is, I think it really is. This is why, this is where we make common mistakes with motivating and creating our whys and understanding our purpose is we, we try to use opposite, like counterbalanced thinking. Like if I'm talking about darkness, I must need light. Mm-hmm. One of the most neutralizing things for me, no matter what my pain point is, I almost think about it like I want you to think about two plates are in front of you. And I'm going to use, you know, good and bad food, which I realize you're going to have people with all sorts of opinions. It's fine. Calm down. I understand <laughs> calories, but we're going to do it anyways. Okay. We understand the food it's value. An it's an example. But we're going to have a plate with a bunch of donuts on it and a plate with a bunch of like healthy greens and veggies. Okay. For me, when I visualize these things, and actually at one point I had plates on my desk in my office that said this on them. So one was like the version of the donut, one was the version of healthy thinking. I, would, I wrote down on the donut plate all the thoughts and the feelings that were problematic for me. And so it was things like being overwhelmed and being self-critical and judgmental and all of those things. I, so I wrote on a plate all of these things. It was a paper plate. And on the other plate, I wrote or... I can just love myself. And what I did is when I found myself in a, in a state or in a position where I was struggling or I didn't have, you know, the things I was scared to, building my business was no joke. I mean, I, I knew I'd been through pain points in my life, but this has been, you know, building a business, that's why I help people do it. It's no joke trying mm-hmm. to get out there and build an online business and create success, especially as a female in the world. And so I really, really love, and I'm very passionate about helping women get past the pain point so they can do this. And so what I would find is when I was in overwhelm or pain or days I didn't want to go to the gym, it would be like, okay, I can stay home and feel all this, or I can love myself. Love myself didn't mean I had to go to the gym or I had to respond a certain way or show up a certain way. It just dropped the anxiety. The expectation. The expectation. Yeah. For a minute, it neutralized whatever was happening for me. And then I could think through clearer. Okay, what Take would that look like? Out of yes. It. Yeah. What would that look like right now? What does loving me look like? Well, really, I don't feel good today. I feel terrible. I slept terrible. Maybe gym's not the advice today. Or, yeah, it's hard to get up out of bed, and I feel like I'm sacrificing some time with my children. But going to the gym is the right thing for me today. Or in a business, sitting down and writing this for my client, or showing up on a hard work day, right? So there are just it's like giving yourself options, an ability to think past what is the most obvious solution. The most obvious solution your brain's giving you is probably not. It's probably not the solution. It's the knee jerk. It's the knee jerk. It's reactive. It's I'm in pain. This must be pleasure, right? I'm scared. Pleasure is safety. So it's the knee jerk. And you just want to elevate above that. So can we, can we rewind to the mantra thing a little bit? Because yeah. I, I know I'm kind of a mantra person. Jamie I like, loves her <laughs> mantras, but I will bet you you love mantras that suit you well. Yeah. Uh, you know, my favorite one, I know we've talked about this one before too, is lift the heavy box. Like to me, that just is a reminder that when I don't feel motivated to do something, if I do the hard thing, yes, every single time, it's going to make me better in one way, shape or the other. So I feel like for me, it's, 
whether that's in personal life, gym, whatever it is. Yes. Um, I feel like it's just sort of like a, I don't know. I've heard people have those like bracelets that they snap. Yes. I know Ben Bergeron talks about yep. that, you know, yep. like just, just a reminder, just, yeah. just a snap to be like, okay, I want to do the hard thing. Yes. That's what I want to do because I want the end result. Yeah. So do you think, so I guess my question back to you then is like, I, I know you're not saying like all mantras are bad. No. You're saying they need to have meaning. Yeah. Like they need yes. to come from, from you. The challenge is how do you create something that's believable and purposeful to you? Believable. It, yes, yeah. I it like has. That. So what makes something, most things, what makes them believable is you, your belief is just a thought that you have had the same thought over and over and over and over and over again until it becomes a belief. Mm-hmm. You've had the thought over and over and over again, I'm not valuable, I'm not worthy, and that now is a belief mm-hmm. because you've thought it 50 billion times in your life in different ways. It may have sounded differently. Same message came, comes through. Now that's a belief system. Most of us, the first time we have a thought, it's, not, it's rare that it will instantly become like actually a belief. So you have to just understand... like. If, if you think about your backyard with snow, if we talk about brains and neural pathways, okay, your, your brain, because it will conserve energy, goes for the easiest, fastest neural pathway, always. We joke about this in my family. It's like, oh, you're taking the path of least resistance. Least resistance, <laughs> right? It is. So I always think about it like I'll explain to my clients. It's, a lot of it's just habitual thinking. Sure. We think it's very meaningful because our brain thinks it. It's just very habitual. So it's all, you know, it's the example is like it snows in the backyard and you have to walk out to the shed to get the shovel, to take it to the front and shovel. So the first day you walk out there and you get the shovel and you walk out and then it snows overnight again. And the next day you probably take a very similar path over there. And it snows every single night, just an inch or two. And you're walking to the shed probably in the exact same place. And so now you have this deep, well-worn path going to the shed and everything else is snow. So if I said to you, listen, take a different path to the shed, you're going to look at me like, so you want me to trudge up to my waist in knee deep snow when there's a clear path here, right? That's what you're doing when you introduce Mm -hmm. new thoughts to your brain. You're telling your brain to start trudging through snow a different way. And the reality is you're going to have to trudge that way many, 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 many times for the snow to fill in the old path and for you to create a new path. That's a really good analogy. Yeah. So it's, it's not that it can't be done. It's, this is why though, when we talk about things like waiting for motivation, if you are waiting for motivation, you're just standing at the door, staring out going, I just don't want to walk the other path. So is the answer a decision? Or like, what's the, what's the end game here? Do yeah. we decide? Yeah. Is it, is, is it as simple as that is make a decision it is. And, and go? Yes. It's, it is like, I mean, you're going to, here's the story. You're going to save yourself a lot of pain if you're willing to make decisions. That brings up a whole different ballgame because there are different reasons people are crippled by decisions. Yeah. Lots of different reasons, right? So a lot of people would be like, I just need to make a decision. I, if I would just decide and then they beat themselves up. There's so much judgment over how we approach everything. It's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's really hard. Well, we've all met those people who are extremely indecisive yeah. and, and it's difficult. If you are not, if you are not an indecisive person, it is it's very painful. Very painful. Yes, right. <laughs> because you're like, just make a decision. It's like, it if, doesn't matter. Let's just go. Yeah. yeah. So if you're indecisive, there's usually a fear. Sure. Indecision usually is based sense. on fear about something, a fear of disappointing someone else, mm-hmm. a fear of if, depending on, like you and I both love the Enneagram. So, you know, if you're like me, I'm an Enneagram one, which means I'm a perfectionist, which means I believe things are right or wrong. You're a perfectionist? I know. No can you believe way. it? So it's, so really, and highly, mo- and highly, highly motivated yeah. by fear is fear is because the idea of good and bad, everything is good and bad. When I struggle with decisions, it's because... Is it a good one or is good it or bad? Good or bad, one? right? Mm-hmm. It's like, does this fall good or bad? And then if I judge myself for not making a decision, well, that's bad. It's like this cycle. 
So it's, it, yeah, I can say to someone, just make a decision. That's the same thing. They're going to be like, where do I press the button? Mm-hmm. Because what they end up doing, what humans end up doing is we end up saying to ourselves, well, why? Why can't I just make a decision? Why don't I just feel motivated? And we refuse to answer the question with any clarity. Instead, we're going to come up with a terrible reason, like, well, because I'm lazy or because of this. Like, we come up with, like... Or because someone hurt me. Someone hurt me. because I'm a yes. victim. Or, or because, because I'm... Yeah. yeah. It's, we yeah. blame us or them. Yeah. Totally. So... Someone's to blame. Guess, sure yeah. heck is it me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a catastrophe of this magnitude is someone's fault, right? But yeah. this is what's so good to notice. We haven't solved the problem of motivation. Now we've moved into blame. Sure. Like we're literally pulling ourselves away from understanding. So I love the idea of commitment. I love determination. I love the idea of values and learning how to grow from them. I would never say to someone, just get up and do it. I have so many clients who say to me all the time, I, I just don't know why. I want to like grow my business. I want to write that post, that post on Instagram or do that blog or contact or make offers or whatever it is in their business. Or I want to lead my staff better, but they'll say, when I sit down to do it, I just, I can't make myself do it. Yeah. And it's a very frustrating, helpless feeling to think to yourself, I can't make myself do this, but your brain, if you think it, your brain's job is to prove it true. And so unfortunately, just believing that, even in that split moment, your brain will do whatever it can to prove you right. So we want to be careful. It's not a dangerous thing, but we want to be careful and notice if I just started practicing, like I can do things, like I can do things. Maybe I don't want to do this thing, but I, I can do things that will start to ultimately start to shift your behavior. Sure. Well, Brian, this is very awesome. I think, um, I think let's leave it there for now because I mean, I have a million. I think <laughs> because we have three more hours. <laughs> I think you're going to be a regular on this. I thank you so much for being here. But like what we talked about today is something that you walk people through individually. Yes. So how, how can people get a hold of you if they're interested in your <laughs> services? My favorite thing is that I help online entrepreneurs and business owners and gym owners. I actually have multiple clients who have brick and mortar or gym owners and things like that. But, um, I love it because I really don't have much of an online presence, which is kind of funny. Um, but which just proves my point that relationships trump all, right? Yeah. But um, they can reach me if they get on, if they DM me through my Instagram page, through Brian Elliott Coaching. Um, I'm also at Brian Elliott um, at Gmail, but no one will know how to spell my name. So the best thing to do is to find me on my Instagram page and then direct message me through there. Okay. And yeah. I'll, put her, I'll put your Instagram link in the um, show notes and I'll obviously be tagging you in and a few things here as we launch this podcast so people can find you. But thank you so much. This has been a blast. I knew it was going to be a good one. Thank you so much for having me. All right. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the True North Podcast. I greatly appreciate any input you have, and if you have ideas or suggestions for future guests or podcast topics, please send me a DM to at True North Athletic Therapy on Instagram or fire me off an email to Jamie, J-A-I-M-E, at truenorthat.com. This podcast is listener-supported. If you choose, you can visit my podcast web profile on Spotify to contribute.